I let them understand that if you want the results of the guys you came to me because of, yeah, this is what they did. What's going on, everybody? This is Dusty Hanshaw, and this is episode 114 of It's Just Bodybuilding. As you can see, I've replaced Ron with me, sadly, but we got Scott McNally, of course, my training partner, Tommy Styles here, stepping in because Ron is a little busy in Hawaii riding bicycles. I don't know. So I guess this time we'll cover anything but bikes on this week's episode of It's Just Bodybuilding. joined us here Tommy on such lengthy notice as uh you know Ron pulled a dusty yeah he just didn't come on and I, I actually woke up this morning and I'm like I haven't seen Ron posting that he flew home I bet you he's not doing the show so I text Scott and we communicated back and forth and then Ron you know, midday was like, oh yeah, fuck you guys, I'm not coming. <laughs> um, it was, it was, might have been slightly nicer than that, but I was like, okay, well, let's just sit on this for another hour and a half, and then we'll invite Tommy on to uh, to join us. But uh, before we get any further, and so Scott does not get mad at me. Oh wow, we got to do believe. the usual. You remember usual systems? Of course I did. So we need you guys to subscribe, like, comment. What's the other thing? Oh, ring the bell, of course, is my thing. But there's one other thing. Scott, what is it? What Share. Is it? Share. Share. Yeah, that's good. Share. That's good. Look at you. Fucking Tommy stepping in already. <laughs> yeah, so the order's off, but you got to do all of the above because, as you know, this episode, we are screwed. But at any rate, so we're going to do some questions, uh, internet questions. But first, we wanted to cover a few things that we got out early. Um, we wanted to cover some topics. I told Scott, literally, Tommy... I text him, I said, is there anything that we don't agree on? Like that you know that you're like, God, you're an asshole, um, which we agree on that. But anyways, um, and the reason I brought it up, quite honestly, is because I'll, last week I wore a shirt that some people agreed with, some did not. And those who did not were very against it. They could not believe that I would do this, such a thing. And I told Scott, what's funny about it is to me is life in bodybuilding something has went sideways where for whatever reason you can't disagree and still be friends you must be enemies immediately yeah you know on anything and which is comical because the topic that scott immediately jumped on he was like i can't think of it off the top of my head but i hate the way you do rose <laughs> and now- i mean and he did say he said they work for you yeah but you know, so so Scott, give me give me your your take on that, and then I'm gonna kind of throw another extra twist that's kind of funny on the same topic. Okay, so first of all, when I thought about, I here's the deal: is I can't actually argue with Dusty about the rose because they've obviously worked for him. And when we set this idea up, it's before Tommy was here. Since yep. Tommy's growing uh, a ton of muscle. Uh, since he's moved out to Arizona, especially, and I've seen him training much in the way you train now, it's all, not only can, is my, is my argument not solid, but now it's also two against one. So I'm just going to throw that out there (laughs) to start handicap match. That said, that said, um, 
I do feel like because I, you know, I'll see clients that I work with, guys that are especially guys that are newer, um, guys who don't have a lot of experience, listeners of the show who they see Dusty rowing, Tommy, and they're like, holy shit, this guy is moving crazy amounts of weight. This is what I want to do. And I am terrified for them that they are going to destroy themselves because I truly believe that most people are not designed to row the way Dusty rows. Well, here's what's here's what's funny about that. And that's why I laughed when I added Tommy to the thing is you are correct that I can actually share multiple people that have done it the same way I do and gotten great results. But Tommy's actually the caveat to that because he does not row at all like me. Oh, okay. His rows are uh, even a regular row. I'm more lean forward than Tommy is. His rows are much more controlled in both directions. Mm. Um, you know, there is explosion, but I mean, it's a much stiffer movement. Yeah. And quite honestly, when I row that way, my low back gets pumped. Okay. And I have, like all of a sudden, and I and obviously I've dropped the weight because I must to row with that kind of form. Huh. Um, but it's a perfect example because Tommy's back, the rest of our training is very, very similar. Okay. But his back is very thick and the thickness movements across the board. I mean, I'm sure you agree, Tommy, that we're doing this, even when we're training together, we're doing the same thing, but we don't do it the same. Huh. You know, yeah. and we have yeah, the I've same result. You know, so what, yeah, what, no, what did you uh... do, Tommy, when we started? Because, I mean, obviously, it, he came in, we were training very the same, um, but he knew on his own to make adjustments. So so what kind of went down where you were like, you know, this, this isn't working for me. What should I adjust? I pull as hard as I can pull with my back. So I think if people are looking at you row versus me row, we're getting the same result we're doing the same thing you just have insane velocity with how you can pull with your back hmm. and if i tried to do that it wouldn't be back that was initiating the movement it would just be mm-hmm. me throwing the weight with my arms um i also think you can sit into that your hips back into that hinge and you don't have to think twice about it hmm. i row a little bit slower because I have to think about keeping my hips locked back and not rounding my lower back. Yeah. That's probably that makes two perfect. differences I can see. Yeah. It makes perfect sense because that's, it's funny. And I don't know how much you watch the Q and A's when I do them, Scott, after we do the episodes, cause I always answer the questions too. And very common, a question will be, is X good? And I'll always say, well, I don't know. Is it? Hmm. I mean, for me it is, or for me it isn't, but I think in bodybuilding, that's where people go wrong is it's got to be one way or another. You know, I like to look at it across the board like, well, how did Dorian train? Okay, he was, I I consider Dorian extremely focused on form, you know, moving the weight with the muscle. Well, that's the only way to get a huge back. Then I watch Johnny Jackson train, and I'm like, wait a minute, shit. He has a huge back. Okay, well, let me look at Ronnie Coleman train. Ah, shit. Now we got three different things. He has a huge back, you know, and I I like to use Max Charles as an example. Um, Love Max. His range of motion on almost every movement is the smallest range I've ever seen. Nowhere near a lockout, nowhere near stretch. Okay. And then I look at the results and I'm like, well, what are you going to say? Yeah. 
Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's working. And I think that that's something that I like to drive home because we get so opinionated on this is the only way. And you can ask the majority of my clients, like they'll say, hey, I'm trying to think. I just had a guy the other day. Um, he was like, oh, this this movement, I'm, I just don't like it. Should I change my feet? Should I change my, I'm like, just change the movement. Hmm. Throw it away. Yeah. You know, I mean, a big one, like, you know, I love uh, barbell skull crushers. Um, most people, that'll kill their elbows, fuck their wrists, yeah. do anything except for their triceps. Yet they want to do it because one person has good triceps that does them. Yeah, yeah. I bet my triceps have nothing to do with those. I do those because I like them. I wouldn't say that they're, I, I definitely wouldn't attribute the size of my triceps to doing skull crushers. Hmm. You know what I mean? So just an uh, interesting thing. And I think we can all look at that across the board, you know, with, with training in general. Because, for example, when, when Tommy repeated that back, it's like, oh, no, we're doing the exact same thing. My, my old training partner, Will, used to say that he could see I could recruit muscle better than most, no matter how I do it. Just my body connects naturally. Um, so it allows me to yank a little more and still feel everything. Whereas, you know, sometimes like, just like you said, Scott, some of my clients will send me videos. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. Don't, don't ever do that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so did you, what, what questions did you have on the, uh, that, that you said were pretty solid to, to, to lean off with? Oh, let's see here. Okay. Yeah. So I made a couple of posts. One of them was at the, uh, at the YouTube page. I just made like in the, there's like that little community tab. Um, and so I don't have like the fancy screen caps that I often do here, but I did post a picture of me and you together. This is uh, this is the first. It's obviously you guys can't see that really well. This was at the lift factory. This is the first time that I ever met Dusty out there in Vegas. Uh, Ron and Dusty were just finishing training and me and a few people were getting ready to work out. Dusty was like, hey, or Ron was like, hey, I'm going to introduce you to Dusty Henshaw. And we took this picture. I, I liked, let me see, there was a great comment here that somebody had. Uh, where was this one? He says, uh, oh, shit. Whatever, uh, I'll, I'll guess I'll get back to it. We'll just jump right in, though. Uh, <laughs> we do have a bunch of good stuff here. Um, enzymes, that was a big question here. We had some stuff about glucose disposal agents. There was like two glucose disposal agent questions, a lot of training questions, Um but yeah, Chaz asks us, uh, what are your guys' takes on digestive enzymes? Do they help? And then he also asks the same question for glucose disposal agents. I got some other stuff for, for GDA. So let's just start with enzymes. Well, well, I'm going to let Tommy lead off with this because believe it or not, he is the, the, the resident uh, mini expert in my opinion. I kind of go to him with some of his, his company's uh, products on this one as well. So you can, you can share your company too, Tommy, with what they make. Yeah, it's uh, Leviathan Nutrition. Uh, Will Whitlock's the owner and formulated all the products. So I linked up with them right after Junior Nationals. Um, and Dante actually gives his blessing on uh, a few of their products. So Well, that says a lot what right there. Me. Yeah, that yeah. was what sold me. Um, but they have a product called GI Support. Uh, it's got prebiotics and probiotics in it. Um, zinc carnosine, a few other ingredients. I'm not going to act like I'm a scientific whiz and I know all the science behind it, but uh, you, Dusty knows. He writes my meal plans. I eat a lot of food. It takes a lot to grow. 
and I don't have to take that much food out to get in shape either. Um, so I'm never hungry year round. Um, so I'm always bloated, always dealing with issues digestion wise. And I used to do the enzymes thinking that they did anything. And once I started taking GI support, I realized the enzymes were never doing anything. Hmm. Um, so between the taking the GI support three times a day and then, um, adding some betaine HCL just for indigestion and acid reflux. Um, that's kept my digestion pre in check. And what's, I mean, what's I, the biggest change you saw when you switched to that from just taking as far as what you felt from just taking straight enzymes? No bloating after a meal. Um, I used to walk around distended full time. And if I thought about it, I could pull my stomach in, but now I don't have to think about doing that. Uh, it's just, I can finish a meal, a, a large meal and still be able to, you know, hold that TVA in, not a vacuum, but just keep my stomach in. Yeah, I think that's huge. Cause I don't know about you, Scott, but like, uh, I actually eat like two hours before I train. I know most people like it to be shorter, but if my stomach isn't like empty, yeah, I, I don't like putting my belt on. Like, you know, I don't think I have any digestive issues, but I really do like to be empty. So I can't imagine feeling bloated and then getting ready to do some deadlifts or squats or something with a belt pulled tight. That just, I'd seem like I'm halfway in the wrong direction already. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I found the the hardest thing for me to wrap my head around was um, using uh, like an an HCL, like an, an acid product, because everything that we've been taught in Western society is that we need to do something to get rid of the stomach acid. You know, like we right. need to take a pill that's going to block stomach acid and soothe our stomachs or, you know, whatever. So I grew up always thinking that if I had a problem, my dad would be like, Oh, here, take a Tums. And then when I got a little bit older, it was like, here, take a PPI, you know, and now we're finding a lot of that shit's really bad for you. So the idea of taking a product that actually is an acid because I have indigestion and that that's going to somehow help me like that. Like, even though, so I, I had hooked up with a guy named Wade Lightheart and he owns a company called bio optimizers and he sent me out a bunch of stuff. And one of them was a bottle of HCL. I took everything else. Awesome probiotic, you know, good enzyme product, but that HCL just sat in my cupboard forever. And like two years later, I was like, okay, next time I get any kind of indigestion, I'm going to start trying this. And I swear to God, it was a game changer. And now I have a like a bunch of the people that I work with who have had stomach issues. We use HCL. And then I, I think what I didn't understand or I couldn't connect to was the fact that, um, you know, it, it's a poor timing of acid. If you're getting that indigestion, you know, the, the fact is that your body's not what I understand, it's not synced up. So you eat the food, it hits your stomach, you don't have enough acid. And then from there, you overproduce and now it's too late. So the timing has to be right. So if you take that HCL and then you eat your food, that's like that's the, the prime spot to be. So that to me was a big game changer with digestion. And I've seen it help a lot of people. And the next thing that I've been really interested in looking into more, um, I have a guy that I work with that has uh, colitis and I I've worked with a bunch of people that have, you know, like type one and type two IBS. Um, 
I'm really interested in looking at how beneficial BPC-157 is for people that actually have like a, a digestive health problem because I'm seeing, you know, they're doing studies on it. I've seen how good it works for me. Like if I tweak my shoulder and I take some BPC, I'm golden in three days. So I'm interested to see what it can actually do for people that have an issue. And that's, it's kind of untapped. I think it's, it's kind of brand new, but and I think it's something that's going to be relatively safe, too. I mean, it's it's basically a protein that's produced in our gut that helps to break stuff down. So it helps to, re I should say, helps to repair. So that's where I'm at with digestive stuff. I remember when I first met Jordan Peters, he said he didn't take any digestive enzymes until the food got too heavy in an off season. And then he would add the enzymes in as needed. Uh, I, I, I don't know if he's changed his mindset since, but I'm. I would say using them a little prophylactically has helped me just like right. maybe not going crazy, but I'll use an enzyme in the morning with my first meal and then maybe with a couple heavier meals. And then I usually use a probiotic as well. And I try to, the one I use, it's supposed to work best on an empty stomach. So I try to space it out to get it like before bed. That's, right. that's my jam. Do you, do, do you find with the uh, enzymes that when your body's utilizing the food better, it's easier to get food down, or do you see no effect with that? Yeah, that's that, and that's the thing I wish I knew sooner. Like, if I could change one thing when I was pushing the most food possible, it was that I think my biggest limiting factor was my appetite. And I think my appetite was directly related to not being able to process the food that I was eating and getting my stomach to empty out so that I could add more, you know? For sure. For, for everyone who was watching the screen, you were watching me learn on half of the things that he was saying. <laughs> You're I kidding like, me. did not know that. <laughs> did not. No, I mean, it, it's, but it's what I love is like these kind of little things because like you said, I think getting in front of things is where a lot of us mess up. It's, it's, yeah. it's funny, but we, we think about it with overall health, but not something like digestion. Cause, cause I always do take this. I took the same step as, as Jordan is like my body's seems to be fine. So I don't take anything. Um, but just barely, cause I decided I wanted to start growing again. Like yeah. I just reached out to Dante the other day and I'm like, Hey, so my appetite is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so what do I have to, you know, what do you suggest doing? And I actually ran a couple options by him that he did not want me to do. Um, <clears throat> based on, um, didn't want me running into like any heart enlargement from, from some of the uh, peptides and things that they, that they have for, um, increasing your appetite. <clears throat> so, oh, yeah. you know, I, I think that that might be something to play with even on my end. Cause I think every, you guys know this, that's a, such a common question. What do I need to do to, to be able to eat more? And back in the day, I just ate more cause I had to, like I would spend the majority of the year uncomfortable so that I could put on size and then I would, you know, diet down. And I, I always preferred dieting cause not eating was so much easier than eating when you didn't want to. Yeah. You know, that's just straight hell if you ask me. <laughs> what else we got? Oh, we got the, the um, what, what was the other option that you were just saying that we wanted to, the glucose disposal? Yeah, I had somebody message me, and I actually, I, I found that comment too, which is great. I think I can actually screen cap this. I'll have to, I'm getting my technology together on this episode still. So, um, Love it. We'll do it all on this episode because no one's watching. Somebody, uh, somebody. <laughs> uh, we're fine. Yeah, somebody asked me about uh, metformin, and this guy also was asking about GDAs. And I said, I don't know if Dusty's got a lot of experience with metformin. We can ask him. 
Yeah, well, the from what I here's the issue that I've and again I'm, I want to throw out this not giant experts, so please if you if you disagree, all good. But what I'm understanding is you shouldn't use it if you don't need it. I think a lot of us try to twist other drugs into bodybuilding drugs um, to to make it essentially hopefully do what we would like it to do for bodybuilding. Um, I can't even recall, but there are quite a few negatives that I've heard of if you're taking something you don't need with something like metformin. Um, whereas GDAs, I'll be honest with you guys, like I never, I never saw the point. I was like, well, just don't eat like an asshole. Like yeah. eat the correct foods, this and that. And then <clears throat> dead serious, just being open. When I got on with Condemned, it was one of their big products. They were like, we they sell like crazy. People love them. And I was like, well, fuck it. I'll, they're free. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'll use them. Um, and I used them. And I, and I did understand the science. Their big thing is, um, you know, blood glucose levels and how your body actually can stay level. And that all made sense. Um, but what I don't like about some supplements that I is there was nothing measurable. I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't be like, oh, yeah, this is working until... I started keeping track and um, I like to check my blood glucose in the morning uh, and it just started dipping. Yeah. And it was the only thing I changed was I was taking those, I was thinking about four times a day at the time because I was pushing food down pretty good. So I had four meals that were pretty high in carbs. So I was taking two of those a day with the meals, no changes in diet. And next thing you know, like blood glucose started dropping and I'm like, and it's one of those things where I've had this happen a couple times with supplements where I see a change and I don't know what's from because I, I, I don't, you can't get me on placebo because I'm not thinking about it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, well, that's good. Why is my blood glucose 78 in the morning when I'm eating like this? Oh, well, like whatever. It's a fluke. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then after like a week or so, it like, it was like a light bulb one day as I was taking two, I'm like, oh shit. This is the only change, and this is not what I was taking this for. Um, and then literally last week, one of my clients, Heather, that I started on it, she said, hey, I, you know, weight's about the same, but I do have to point this out. Uh, my blood glucose uh, fasted is down like 10 points after no a week. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't even mention that to her. Like, huh. I didn't tell her to look for it, you know? So uh that is something that i think is is imperative and i know you guys can go into depth on it as well like if you want to get in shape for a show the first thing i look at even before i look at how fat you are is what do your blood sugar levels look like yeah. because if you're at 110 and we're starting your prep we are in deep shit yeah i don't care you know what you're going to do with the diet you know it's like if that's the worst thing when you start working with somebody and you you, let's say you start changing a, you know, let's, let's pull out a hundred carbs even, you know, or you start right. with 50, let's pull 50 carbs and you see nothing. Like, huh? And then you pull another 50, nothing. When you see somebody who's like non-responsive to small changes, that's, that's frightening. Especially in the beginning. Yeah. You guys know this, like you start a change, you add a little cardio and like you said, pull out 200 calories and most people are like, oh, I'm down seven pounds. Yeah. You know, that's what you expect because, you know, that also pulled the garbage and whatever else. If I see no change, I'm like, oh, shit. That's why with um, people that I work with year round before the sh prep begins, I start I start eyeing that like during the off season. Where are we at right now? Just tomorrow morning. Give me that number. Yeah. You know, 
So that that's one thing I would look at with those that no one talks about, but now I've seen on a couple occasions and, and to me, like that's the most valuable thing I can think of with it now. So, so I became somebody who wasn't using them to, uh, if I'm ever not with condemned, I'll be buying their products and using them anyways, because that's a huge plus for me, you know? How about you, Tommy GDAs? I think they have value. Um, one of, uh, Leviathan's products, IRE has berberine, uh, cinnamon, a couple other popular ingredients that you see in a lot of the GDA products. Um, and my fasted glucose is, you know, 66. So I eat 850 grams of carbs a day, no shortage of calories. So I've, I was self-dosing with two grams of citrus bergamot a day, probably since 2017. Um, and I still do that. That's just for cholesterol things. Um, I have issues there, Yeah, but I know it helps with, um, blood glucose just cause I've watched my number trend downward as my food's gone up since I started working with dusty and the supplement list he sent me in 2017, when I started with him, it said, uh, I remember this, it said, take citrus bergamot for the rest of your life every day. No kidding. <laughs> I have sense. There's a few obsessive, uh, things that are on the list of of course you know just being straight up uh my list comes from dante's list i'm always like am i missing yeah, anything here because because he because he comes out with uh he'll just text me sometimes and be like hey you gotta try this and i'm yeah. like i'll order it and then like it comes in and i'm like hey what does this do anyways i have it now <laughs> <laughs> you know but i'm like yeah if he tells me to buy done it's, it's on the way because uh, it was funny, but just like the other day when I, so I text him about, you know, telling me I was having a hard time eating and I want to increase the food and I get a link to cereal. He goes, do you like Cocoa Puffs? I'm like, yeah, just regular what? cereal. It was not like some uh, sort of protein cereal no, so, or anything So I like was that. like, yeah, if I, if I didn't like Cocoa Puffs, you wouldn't be my friend, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he immediately sends me a link. This is 13 grams of protein per, oh. have this, you know. Have two of these with a meal if you ever can't eat. And I'm like, leave it to this guy to have some secret cereal. Yeah. And I usually, just for the record, I hate shit like that. Like, I hate when people, for example, I don't don't try to sell me a fucking... A cookie. Well, hell, a protein bar or a cookie or a protein pizza. I'm like, fuck off, eat pizza. If you want pizza, yeah. don't eat this shitty pizza. Eat a good pizza. <laughs> have a shake with it. Move on with your life. You know what I mean? But that being said, things like this... They do help when you need just extra. Yeah. Because you know, it's like my appetite, because it's been years since I've even attempted Scott. Like Tommy knows. And I, I feel bad. Like if people were to know what I eat, they would be mad at me because it's being 290 is not difficult at all. Like I'll eat like four meals a day. Uh, so now that I want to push up, I go pushing like that sixth meal and I'm staring at it like it's the biggest thing. It's It's like, Son of a, a bitch. tenth of Tommy's day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, his food, his diet and prep is way higher calorie than me trying to grow. I feel, I feel bad for the guy. We'll see the amount of food he has to eat. <laughs> and that's add where some cashews and adds ten pounds. <laughs> and that's where like an enzyme becomes more important for a guy like Tommy because he's got to push his or me. We've got to push our digestion a lot harder 
to do the same thing that Dusty could do with, you know, like Dusty, you're probably not going to deal with as much digestive issues eating four or five times a day, you know, right. but the guy who has to eat, you know, two cups of rice every hour with eight ounces of chicken, it's like that, that gets old, you know, quick. Well, you know, Scott, when, when Tommy and I were getting ready for a show last year, the first thing I did was remove half of the Eggo waffles. <laughs> I was like, let's cut those down to six. Yeah. And then we'll go from there. And then we were dieting and dieting, dieting. And I think I know I've told you this before, Scott, but I uh, I realized like, all right, it's time to start pushing. So I go into my emails and I find the most recent diet. And I was like, oh shit, this makes me look stupid. I don't I don't have the current diet. So oh, I text yeah, yeah. Tommy and I'm like, bro, will you send me over your current diet? Because I don't know how, but I, I deleted it. Like, yeah. I don't have it. So he sends me the exact diet that I'm already looking at, and I'm like, holy shit, this is what you're dieting on. Yeah. I mean, I'm not kidding you. Tell me if I'm wrong, Ty, but it probably had like 500 grams of carbs on it. And he was like getting yeah, in shape. <laughs> and I was like, huh. I, I usually prep on like like at the end, like 50. And I feel perfectly fine eating 50 grams of carbs and can train and everything else. I immediately was like, well, shit, his life. Tommy's actually a multimillionaire if he would stop bodybuilding. <laughs> just like all save all that food, food it money goes straight to food <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right let's see do you got another one scott i'm kind of scanning mine because i haven't even looked right. I got 10, i'm questions. getting i think i got my shit together here now and oh boy i got some fun ones too so oh let's do both i, I kind of here's kind of a fun one we got a few of them on the feed too oh also here was that comment i was looking for earlier let me do a little a little we bottom boom. On the screen watch this shit tommy yeah this is uh this is in reference Ooh. to this picture. <laughs> Scott dwarfing Dusty, no matter how he tries to out-angle him. Boom. And, and you yeah, see, no. I'm, I'm way <laughs> step forward, too. I mean, I'm pulling a Phil Heath on you. Up. <laughs> I was like, this is the pro. Let the pro, let the pro have his moment. That's what let I said. him try to have his moment, and I still couldn't get it. <laughs> okay. So uh, the coolest expo that you've ever been to. I've only been to a few, so I, I can't really, really like comment. I'm sure Dusty, you've been to a bunch of them. I've been to all of them, but let's, let's hear what, uh, what you guys got, because I think it's good for people to have their feel and then I'll go all over the world with you. So Tommy, what, what expos have you been to? And Hey, they don't have to be bodybuilding. Who knows? It could be like <laughs> the, the porn, you know, the porn expo. Good times. That's what, if we had Ron here, you know, <laughs> Never been to that one. Uh, <laughs> I've only been to a couple of bodybuilding ones. I don't uh, like crowds or social interaction. So <laughs> talking to you guys is really getting me out of my shell. <laughs> um, this only works because we're not actually there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, the coolest thing I've been to is probably the auto show in Detroit. Oh, yeah. I've never been to that. I've yeah, never that's been actually pretty cool. Um Bodybuilding wise, I was at the 2019 Olympia, and I saw the expo there. Uh, I did the Arnold in 18, but that was way too many people for me. It's big. Like way too many people for anybody. To get out of there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I dread the Arnold every year, just for the sheer amount of people. Because Scott, you know this. Like, depending on where your booth is, like you need to know that you're gonna need to piss in an hour so that you can leave. <laughs> Yeah. to get there <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you know i mean dead serious like i love because you'll be walking scott and you'll 
like somebody will bump in you and be like, can we get a picture? And you're walking. And I'm like, I, I don't mean, get yeah, that. But, but where? Where would you? So, I mean, I can get all close to you right here if your buddy can somehow get this picture in. Yeah. And I mean, it is funny because it's literally, for those who haven't been, it's you can't see the ground when you walk at the office. Yeah, it's crazy. You know? So, what about you, Scott? What, what's your favorite expo? Man, I wish I could say I've been to a bunch of them, but I've only been to the Arnold and to the Olympia. And I have to say the Arnold is my jam because that's where I've got the hookup. Like, so <laughs> things are changing because um, I just found this out. I talked to Mike Davies uh, the other day. Now, he was kind of like one of the three people that ran that whole thing. It was the Arnold people as one entity and then the Lormers and then Mike. And they were kind of like in charge of everything. There's only like, believe it or not, six people that are on a full time staff for the Arnold. Like everybody else are all contracted or, you know, this guy's in charge of the strong man. This guy's in charge of the power lifters, all of that. But there's only like six full time people. Um, and, and Mike was one of the top three. And I guess that the Arnold, this is this was breaking news. I guess I can share because he said it publicly. The Arnold people, whoever they are, they bought the Lormers out. So at this point, Mike is just contracted. He runs the he runs the Arnold Amateur. Mm-hmm. And he he's just like a contracted person now to run the Arnold Amateur. So I don't know if I'm going to have I was promised to be taken to the Have you ever seen there's that um out on the expo floor, there's that little penthouse up in the the corner. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the Lormer suite. And right. I was promised that the next Arnold I was going to be taken to the Lormer suite, though I don't know if that's going to happen now. That the 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 hands have changed. No, there is no Lormo Suite. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like the Arnold Suite, I guess. But that was uh, that's my jam because I I can kind of get into everything, go everywhere, and uh, and also too, I feel like uh, the podcast has like a a, a real solid Midwest reach. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's my peeps. You know, I know a lot right. more people when I go to the Arnold. It's like I'm home. You know, the Olympia is right. cool, but it's it's different. You know, I don't know. But I, like I said, I haven't been to like FIBO or anything like that. Right. Yeah, I was going to say that that's the difference. So I think and the wording of this will sound terrible for me, but in the U.S., I think we're all spoiled. And I say this as a fan, as well as an athlete, like, you know, a lot of the best athletes live here. Uh, and I, and even before they were friends, like you would see them all the time. Yeah. So I find that at the Olympia and stuff like that, like people want to meet you and it's cool. Um, but it's pretty, you know, it's pretty low key uh, overall. I mean, to be honest, you're better off to be a influencer. Like those people are getting, are, are definitely more the, the thing in the US, I feel like, which hats off to them, man. I, I know a lot of people have some disrespect, like they haven't done anything. I'm like, well, they've done something. Dude. They created a hell of a name. They're Dusty, <laughs> like two years ago at the Arnold, I saw Larry Wheels standing, like just in an aisle, like up near the front by the bathrooms. And there was, mm-hmm. he had a line of like, lines like Jay Cutler size line in 2010. Yeah. Like, you know, to that kind of line. standing there with no booth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And see, and I love that for those guys. Like, but... So what happened on on the flip, the very first time I went to FIBO, uh, and I should, I'm going to add also, same thing being with body power, I learned that in Europe, uh, bodybuilding fans are different. 
bodybuilding is the thing. Huh. Uh, it's not that they don't. I mean, obviously, a guy like Larry Wheels would still have a line around the building. But so you guys will love this. The very first time I went to FIBO, I went to the iForce booth. Uh, that was the sponsor at the time. And I was nobody. I mean, like in my head, like, yeah, I had, I had like I was, I was almost like a YouTube person because we had a lot of YouTube videos. Um, I'd won a couple shows, you know, but nothing, no big deal. So I show up to the uh, the booth. I used to get there about an hour after it started. And they of had course. a little uh, play. Yeah, I was supposed to be there all the time. Uh, they had a little stand for me to like sign pictures and stuff at. So I just passed it and I was putting my stuff down. And the owner goes, hey, you got got some guys waiting. So I was thinking like I would turn around. There'd be two, yeah, you know, three, like as in a couple friends. I turned around. There was a line. Holy shit. That's cool. And I was like, well, then I was confused. I was like, who the hell do they think is here? (laughs) You know, but I did. I did find that weekend. I mean, that was the big like, holy shit. But I was busy all weekend and people knew everything. They knew the shows. They knew my dogs. They're into it, you know, which was super exciting because for me, that was something I just always thought proved you were doing your job. Like people knew who you were, whether they liked you or hated you, they, they knew of you. Um, so having that was kind of cool. And then body power ended up being the same thing. And this happened the rest of the time I would ever go to those shows. And I just realized that bodybuilding is just, it's just on a different level there than it is here. And I think that some of it is how many pros we have. Um, but some of it is they just respect it different. And I think, uh, and not across the board because the game has changed, but I always felt more like I was a UK bodybuilder anyways because I, they just seemed like they were missing some screws in their head. And I was like, yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, those ones are awesome. And man, they are huge. Yeah. Like, I mean, FIBO is the Arnold times like six, seven. You're eight. kidding me. It's, it's huge. I now, the amount of, the, it doesn't feel like as many people because it is so big. Yeah, but it's supplements, equipment. I mean, it's just a giant thing. Like I, I wouldn't even leave our hall because there's just there's shit everywhere. I wouldn't even know where to go. Yeah. <clears throat> what else we got? All right. So here's another one from the feed uh, over at YouTube from Jen. She says, "Love the podcast. This may be a good topic uh, for your other shows. Also, would love to hear more about female bodybuilding." such as your experience with female clients, hormones, prepping, PEDs, and other natural supplements, uh, digestive system, AIDS, water retention. Uh, maybe for Ron, Dusty, and Scott, can you talk about your favorite winter or holiday hobbies or holiday family disasters or traditions? So we should probably do something <laughs> holiday-related because we've got Thanksgiving right bef- right after this show comes out, but... Yeah, let's talk some females, some fem chem and training, all of that. Well, you guys lead off because I talk too much, so go ahead. Uh, as far as a non-hormonal one, you can um, Abolic by the lab, which is Dante's other company, or it's part of True Nutrition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some good success with uh, females on that. Have you? Both that are enhanced and that aren't enhanced. I'll include it in both programs. Um, I've actually taken it too. You have to go higher dose as a male, like six caps a day, maybe eight. But 
I would compare it to probably, I don't know, 15 milligrams of Anabar, 15 to 20. No kidding. As far as pumps and feeling. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I've done it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one's strong. You know, I think, Scott, like, let me ask you this, because um, I feel like you've got a really good center with this, uh, especially with your, your other half. Um, how do you approach females uh, differently when you start off with them as far as diet hormones? Because I think that's the spot. When I read this question, the first thing I think of is um, eliminating, um, what do I call it, like... Uh, variables okay. before I start making changes. I'm trying to think. I don't have a good answer offhand, so I'll just kind of talk it out for a minute. Get them on a consistent plan, right? For starters, mm -hmm. number one, make sure they're not, you know, too hungry or too full. And then from there, I start making changes just like I would with a guy. I'm mm -hmm. thinking nutritionally here. So, I, you know what I mean? Like we're just trying to get progress moving. I guess I feel like Sometimes females can be a little bit more temperamental, their, their, their bodies, their response. Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking, man, I, I, I don't want to make like, like part of me wanted to say like uh, female, some, a lot of females can't handle carbs as well. But then, then, then yeah, that's not the statements are tough. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like a blanket statement. So I don't I don't want to say that. Um, I will say this. I'll say that there are some females that have gotten a poor hand dealt to them there's more females i think that have gotten a poor hand dealt to them with bodybuilding genetics than there are males there's guys that have had a poor hand dealt to them too but i do feel like there's a lot of girls that like no matter what they do there it's an uphill battle um man i don't know where i don't if, if, if it were more specific i guess i would know what to say um, right. I mean, let's see. So she asks female clients, hormones, prepping, PEDs. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm Why working. Don't, um, hmm. Instead of tackling the PED part right now, how would you approach a, a female client? No drugs involved. How would you approach an off season with her? That's how I try to think of it when I get a female. Okay. Cause I get a lot of younger people that are basically bodybuilding newbies. So my goal for them is they're either going to be on one or two sides. One, they need to lose fat and get leaner to be able to start a proper growth phase or off season. Yeah. Or they're like me, they're probably an ectomorph and they're not eating enough because we can all agree that there is a, a stigma for females getting huge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Every dude that loves bodybuilding wants to get huge, but there's a female stigma that comes into play about, you know, being feminine doesn't just, you know, um, apply to drugs. It applies to how big they're getting in the off season in order to be competitive. Mm -hmm. So if I get an ectomorph who's not eating enough because she's afraid to get too big, she's training six times a week and doing 60 minutes of cardio a day just because the first thing I have to do is take their activity down and give them more food. Mm. And it requires a strong mental state to be able to make those changes and realize what you've been doing is actually what's holding you back. Yeah, I could see that. 
I think you I think you nailed something there, Tommy, that um, gets missed a ton is and I mean we could go into a lot of directions with this, so I'm gonna try to keep it purely bodybuilding, but because females across the board are sexualized, um, they're not allowed to make decisions based on their goals. So if you see me right now, let's just say I was 10 years younger and I'm pushing and you know I'm two, 290 right now. So let's say I was 330. So I mean, obviously just heavy. Yeah. And I said, yeah, but I'm getting ready to compete next year. I need to get as big as possible. You guys are like, hell yeah. Doing what it takes. You know what I mean? But if you That's see a woman do that, if you see a woman do that, it's like, oh, like how, how would she do that? I mean, you need to look a certain <laughs> way year round. And yeah, you know, I feel like there's, I almost feel like it takes a woman that has to be super hardcore because yeah. in general, they're judged walking around, which is ridiculous. Um, if they're competitive athletes, then they should be looking at the same way I do, which is I don't really care what I look like. When I was competing, the goal was, okay, when's the next show? June 22nd? Okay, I need to look perfect on that day. Between now, you know, July 31st and that next year's June 22nd, whatever the fuck it takes yeah. to make sure that that's my best and that's approved of, you know? So I think you're right, Tommy. It's it's getting through that mental barrier for me has always been the hardest part. Um, A, just convincing them that food is okay be working on the fact that, like you said, when they're doing 60 minutes of cardio already, I'm like, cool, well, where do you want us to go when we start this prep? Right, true. If you're at 60 every day, I don't want to hear about it when you're doing two hours and we're trying to figure out how to go up from there because it's really only an hour more than what your maintenance is, you know? Yeah. So it's getting those thought processes through. And like you said, Tommy, like for any athlete, the very first thing I like to do is pull them off of everything. Uh, guys, if they've been on for a long time, I'll put them on TRT because drugs hide mistakes. So if you're fucking up, you can grow on drugs. Sure. Like the thing is, is not as much as you could have if you were in order. So I like to tell my guys like, you know, and girls, I want to see visual measurable progress every single month. And when we're getting that clean or on TRT, well, we already know what's going to happen when I had gear. Yeah. You know what I mean? We already we we our formula is correct. Now we throw in the NOS and we get the results. You know, so that that's the deal there. And then as far the only other thing that I think for me, and this is just personal experience, and you guys can jump in, but in my career, the women are the most hardcore people I've ever worked with. That is true. They're just fucking machines. It's like if anything, I find myself having to. Call they pull them back on the regular. It'll be a normal thing. They're like, yeah, I did the training. And then, you know, I got done with my cardio, but I just did 20 more minutes. And I'm like, no, no, don't fucking do that, please. Like, because they're just wired that way. Um, but with that, I do find some negatives because some of them are even more patient, impatient than the men. And that leads them wanting, you know, like, let's say they're on you know, 10 milligrams of Anabar and they're seeing change. And I'm like, fuck yeah, like, this is great. Then it's like, well, can we add some Winnie? Can we, can we, can we take 20 milligrams? And I'm like, why? Yeah. That's like, we're, everybody we're though. Changing. Yeah. Yeah. But I, everybody, but I see that you know. being a, but I see that being more drastic because they are so driven. And like, I mean, I mm. really, and I say that as a compliment, like 
when I look at half of the women I work with even now, and I don't work with many competitors anymore on the female side, like my soccer moms will like slit your throat yeah. to get in shape <laughs> for, you know, their daughter son dance. I mean, it's impressive shit. Yeah. But I do think that that's the only, I guess my point is, is uh, working with females. I do find that the mental side is where I spend most of my time, um, both on positives and negatives, um, because they're, they're in an uphill battle like Tommy covered. Um, so it's, it's getting them to trust food, getting them to, you know, and sometimes it's a, it's a process. Cause if you've been doing 60 minutes of cardio a day and not eating enough, I have to tell you to trust me while you're paying me while you start putting on some weight because I take all that shit away. Yeah. And that sucks. Cause I'm like, you're, you're not going to like what happens in the beginning here, but you got to trust me because I'm getting your body back to working for us instead of against us. You know what I mean? I would um, say in every situation I've worked with somebody who is especially newer, uh, that's a female, we reach a point where they get upset because they think that they're not making progress because the scale didn't change for like at first you get that nice drop, you know, oh, yeah. and then everything. And then they, you know, people who are newer, especially expect that continual drop every week. And they don't see it happen, but they got one and a half pounds and one and a half pounds and one and a half pounds. And then, <laughs> and then and then no pounds and no yeah. pounds. But then you look at the pictures and we say, hey, here's your pictures from not having lost weight in the last three weeks. And you can see a noticeable difference. It's still, though, then then things get grounded again. And that lasts for a couple of weeks. And then that same mm -hmm. conversation often does have to come up again. And I think that's especially with newer people, you know, but I, I do think, and, and I think like you said at the beginning, Dusty, the, 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 because women are so sexualized and because they, you know, there's the expectation set on them by society that there is kind of like more pressure to, you know, to, to achieve something and that the scale relates, it, it, it's in part of that equation. You know what I mean? Yeah. The scale I has like to, to move. Remind, I like to remind both male and female clients because they'll be like, I just got to see myself at X weight. And I'm like, yeah. you wouldn't care if you weighed 300 pounds if you look like this. Yeah. yeah. I like to remind them that like, forget the scale for a minute. If you look the way you want to look in your head, but I told you you weighed 300 pounds, would you care? And they're like, well, no. Like, there. Like, because I think the tricky part, and I say this literally probably, I, t I type this at least three times a week. Uh, progression is not linear, whether yeah. we're going up or coming down, it just isn't. And I think that that is something that as you say it over and over, people start to get, because you guys know how it is. You'll, you'll be, for example, I have a girl I'm working with right now. She had an eating disorder, some other things. She's also an athlete's athlete. So the output is insane. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we're fighting the fact that I, I'm feeding her more, you know, and she's gaining muscle at a pace that I'm like holy shit, like I can't believe you're natural because she'll gain a half a pound every week but look the same because of her output. And she goes, I just don't feel like I'm changing. And I'm like, you've gained four pounds in a couple of months. And I mean, it's it's so visual. But, you know, again, because of, I think, misinformation also is the danger. Well, I heard this guy put on 20 pounds in a month. Yeah, yeah. Well, not muscle, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I can put on 20 pounds probably by tomorrow, <laughs> like, you know, depending on what it is. So 
broad question, but I, I hope we kind of touched it because I think at the end of the day, my big thing is when working with women and men, but since we're targeting women, just like Tommy, I like to eliminate as many variables as possible first, get control of the body, and then start looking at supplementing other things. Um, oftentimes the digestive issues that a lot of women are working with is because their body isn't used to digesting food because they don't eat enough. Mm, yeah. Um, I got a client I literally worked with today. I said, well, that's what sucks. The first thing we have to do is get your body used to eating. Yeah. And I don't know what's going to happen digestion there. But it's a we'll process. Get that. Yeah. So everything's a process for sure. Hey, that, that part two was uh, favorite winter or holiday hobbies or holiday family disasters or traditions. So you've got a bunch of options there, guys. I'm trying to think, what's a, what's a holiday hobby? Is there such a thing as a holiday hobby? Is that like people who enjoy decorating the house with like lights and stuff like that? Yeah, I, I guess that's, that to me is torturous. Yeah. Like I'm blown away that like, I've never as a single man had a tree. Like the thought of doing that is terrible. Like, I've got one of those to... ceramic ones and you take it out of the other room and you put it in the living room and you plug it in. That's it's, beautiful. It's perfect. I probably wow. wouldn't do that, but I mean, it's if like, I did, I'd be like, bam, Christmas. That tall. In fact, it's about time. It's about time that I get it out, actually. You got to break that thing out and get festive. Yeah. Um, you know what's when crazy? I see so my... Costco put their tree what's... up right after Halloween every year at send like a shiver through my spine and I know it's time <laughs> everyone's going to start doing these things Yeah, and I'm just ready for January you know I think that's what it is too Scott is so you know owning supplement stores for forever I always dreaded the fourth quarter in general because oh. nutrition and those things dip oh. after you know I mean the entire fourth quarter is weaker but definitely November and December um you dip. So, I mean, I spent decades of my life, I guess a decade and a half, um, dreaming of January. Yeah. Like all I wanted for Christmas was January 2nd because New Year's Eve, they all go hammered. New Year's Day, they're kind of fucked from that. And then it's time to start the New Year's resolutions and I would get a 22% increase in sales in the very first day. Oh, yeah. Year. I'm like, we're back. Money. I mean, holidays. Um, <laughs> as far as, um, the only thing that I will say that, and this sounds terrible, but I actually truly love it is, uh, selfishly gyms get quiet and it's amazing. My gym That's is so like quiet. My, it's amazing to walk in and like, it's just dead and you get to train and yeah. I don't think that happens at muscle factory anymore because it's the most popular gym in the state. But... You guys ruined it. You <laughs> <laughs> really did. It's it's crazy. So so when I went back, Scott, um, two weeks ago, like I pulled in and my parking spot was taken. Number one, and I'm like, Ooh. what the fuck? That should never be used, even when I'm not here for four months. That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but there was literally cars like wrapped around the side of the building, which I guess is now all the gym. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? I walk inside, it's busy, and I and I run into charity, and I'm like, wow. She goes, yeah, this gym sucks now. I'm like, what do you mean sucks now? She goes, well, it's the best gym in town, but there's all these fucking people here. <laughs> I'm like, understood. I mean, it 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 is crazy. Like, I bet you that you guys don't see a dip at all. I mean, they're also all the hardcore people go there, and Lance keeps buying more shit. So, 
Oh, which by the way, he's getting a uh, horizontal leg press. Sent me a picture yesterday. Oh, nice. <laughs> I hear the the big thing right now that the news is telling everybody is that you need to begin your holiday shopping now because everything is you know limited availability and blah 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 and so that they're going to run out of stuff so they are encouraging us all to buy more and to buy now so go in debt sooner this yeah. year that's <laughs> the key to your success in 2022 is debt for shit you don't need um you know it's funny actually we were just talking about this yesterday do you remember when black friday was a thing and now Black Friday is like a two-week thing. It's yes. all like I see things now. They're like Black Friday sales starting Monday, and I'm like, it's it's Black Week. Black yeah, Week. It's yes. it's a it's it's a whole thing. And I literally, and because obviously I understand business, I was like, well, obviously what you're trying to do is get people's money before someone else gets it. Hmm. Yeah. If you wait till Friday, they might not have anything to spend. That's true. You know? So it's fascinating because I actually don't buy Christmas gifts. I never have. Okay. I, my friends and I, and Tommy knows this, like we agreed years ago. Like if you want something, buy your own shit. What's that have to do with me? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, because that's how it works. It's like for someone like me who has such a huge array of friends, three, um, it could get very expensive to buy three people something. So I'd rather they just cover their own shit and we're all good. It's, it's not awkward like that. <laughs> like, same thing with, uh, you know, and I, I just give cash, like, for my mother and stuff. I'm like, oh, I put $2,000 in your bank account. I like that. Hey, Merry Christmas. I like that. I got to get to be better friends with Dusty, I guess. It's a that's good, good. Well, you got to be my mother, apparently. Oh, that's shit. The, that's the magic. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the secret right there. <laughs> that's been taken, my friend. All right. I, gotta th I think I got another one here. We got a, yes. a beef protein powder question. Uh, oh, let's see here. Boom. Okay. Any experiences of beef protein powder? I'm a fan as it comes in flavors such as orange rather than whey flavors like chocolate or vanilla. It should have similar efficacy as whey, but I think I'd see more results uh, from whey. Oh man, I'm getting all sorts of calls here. I gotta decline that. All right. Um, or maybe I'm just old now. Thanks guys. I think he's crap, thinking Tommy. a lot harder than he needs to. Yeah. Yeah. Because he didn't mention that he was seeing any issues with whey. Why switch? Anytime you start going down the road of thinking you're going to get more results with something, it's probably just you're chasing a carrot that's not there. In my opinion. Well, and one thing, it's absolute fact now. I mean, it's literally, I was trying to search for it real quick, um, but I just just read a study like within the last few days um if you're bringing in adequate protein um daily it, they literally say it does not matter what source do not worry about the time it takes to digest mm. it now i've known that for forever um generically just because i've always been a proponent i mean don't get me wrong i understand micronutrients but um overall the biggest thing is just protein so if you want to drink orange protein and it's beef, fine. Yeah. Um, but if you're thinking that you're switching from whey to beef made it better or worse or vice versa, unless you're seeing a digestive change, which is Boom. fine. I was going to add don't that worry for about sure. It. Yeah. You if know. you see a digestive change, it's positive. Absolutely. 
Like I suggest all my clients, truthfully, I, I tell them to use whey isolates. Yeah. Um, and I know it's the fastest digesting and all these things, but very few people have an issue with a whey isolate where sometimes with concentrates and some of the other ones they can. So I just try to eliminate that variable. But, you know, overall, if you're not having a digestive issue, it's literally protein. You know, if you could, if you did only slow acting proteins all day, you'd be fine. I remember, do you guys remember back in the day, it was like you finished like, oh, you need whey isolate right after yes. you train. Maybe and then before bed, you got to do a casein because it digests slower. And the amount of time that your body is digesting food overnight shortens the gap between when you eat breakfast. There were so many things that I was, I mean, and I preached that shit at my stores. Like you got, you need 17 bottles of protein at your house <laughs> for sure. And the guy's like 186 pounds. And I'm like, trust me, bro. This is the secret. You know what I mean? I bought yeah. into it. We all so did. did. We all did. <laughs> well, so did I. <laughs> I used to hate like encasing. They were super thick, remember? So I always made it pudding because shaking it sucked. Yeah. So I'd like add Splenda and make this whole fucking thing. And now I'm like, is it chocolate? Yeah, that'll do. That one's fine. <laughs> I like, I use the Team Skip protein blend from True Nutrition with uh, egg and casein and there's another one in there. Egg, casein, and is it is it a whey, I think? Whey hydrolysis or something like that? It's not super fast. It's kind of like a fast, medium, slow type thing. But I like the texture. That's that's the reason that I use it. Yeah, see, I back that. I back decisions like that. It's Like I said last week, Scott, why do you do that? Well, because I like it. Yeah. Well, that's not the answer you wanted? My bad. <laughs> All right. We need some more. It's just bodybuilding questions, which somebody pointed out last week. I think they said it's just bodybuilding 25% of the time. True. We <laughs> usually go way off the Richter for most of the time. And this, yes. will, this will, this will help our, our, uh, our percentages here to swing away from bodybuilding. Cause I feel like we're a little, little heavy right now. Um, <laughs> are you superstitious? Yes. I thought you were going to say yes. I thought you were. <laughs> no pause. <laughs> that was Absolutely. quick. Fucking lootly I am. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm going to take a brief moment to shout out our sponsors. I'll make it quick, but this stuff's super important because it's our sponsors that help to make this show possible. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. And if it wasn't for you shopping with our sponsors, we wouldn't be here either. You can support our programming by shopping with truenutrition.com. They're our title sponsor. They've supported us for a number of years. They have awesome health and performance supplements. You can ask Skip or Dusty or Scott Stevenson all about True Nutrition and they'll tell you how good of a company they are. Hardcore bodybuilders have trusted them for over 15 years now. Use our code THINK, you'll get some savings, you'll support our programming. If you're in Canada, you can shop with supplementsource.ca. They have highly discounted supplements, discounts on bulk orders, and free shipping over $99. Check them out. And finally, you can directly support our programming on Patreon. I'll have links below for Patreon and everything else. We're taking more questions over there, and I appreciate everybody who's already helping to directly support our programming through our Patreon. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging with me. Let's get back to the show. Examples. No, uh, okay, playing sports. Um, well, hell, my entire life, but getting specific, like I used to have to put my left shin guard on first when I was getting ready, <laughs> yeah. uh, playing hockey. I used to think I would have a better game if I blindly reached in and pulled my left one out on its own first. Like deals like that were a must for sure. Um, another thing the other day, um, 
uh, Nikki's taking her daughter and they're leaving and I just, they're taking my truck. And I, I just sort of go, all right, drive safe. And her daughter looks at me and goes, no, nah, we're going to get in an accident. And I'm like, you don't say that. We both yelled at her. We're like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, yeah. leave my truck, crash your car. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Um, but no, I'm, I'm ridiculously superstitious. Just dumb shit too, where you know it's stupid. Um, but yeah. do, you, do you guys have any specific clothes that will for sure make you have a better workout? Tommy. Um, I don't think so. I think they're all lucky for me. Yeah. <laughs> I have some songs that if I have headphones in that they're guaranteed do well songs. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense to me. I'm pretty superstitious similar to dusty like he's seen me i tighten my left wrist wrap first then my right then i go back to make sure the left was tight and then i tighten the right again oh yeah it's, um, a, it's an ordeal I was the same way with baseball yeah um when i get on the platform to pull i always place my left foot first then the right um just stuff like that it's in my head it's stupid it probably walks on the line of like ocd because when i pump gas it always has to be on a either a five is the last number or a zero. Oh, that's so irritating when you mess that up and then you have to keep going. Yeah. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) I have to siphon gas out because it won't put any more in. Yeah. I'm overflowing my tank on the ground to get it right. (laughs) We know what's funny though, Scott is although I agree, like I called some of those things superstition, I actually, believe that some of that's just systematic too though because for example and i definitely learned this coming back from being sick is there's a certain way i always do things leading into a lift that i feel like because for example you know a lot of people go into the gym and they're just amped the whole time and it's like this is time for beast mode and that's not tommy and i like we don't talk a lot but there'll be wisecracks or whatever between as we're warming up but what I do to approach a bar to do a real set is the same every single time. Like he could probably mimic with no thought exactly what I need to do. Yeah. I mean, I walk away to go put my belt on. I take a second. I come back. I got a little conversation in my head. Same as Tommy, like get my hands just right. And I found actually when I was coming back that uh, – it was difficult to find some of the basic lifts like deads and stuff because I needed to refine your that routine, yeah. which kind of told me, okay, now when I pull this bar, it knows to go to work. Um, so there, some of that I I think is superstition, but some of what I think is actually just centering yourself for work, you know, yeah. cause I teach that to clients all the time when they're like, Oh, cause, cause they'll say like, when, what do you do when you have an off training day? And I'm like, I don't, what, what do you mean? Because unless there's an, and even if there was an injury that I'm going around, well, not just a different workout, it'll still be good, you know, but I feel like a lot of people, the reason they have on and off days is they're not prepared to go to work when they get to work. Yes. Yeah. You know, they come in, they're distracted. They've got all these things on their mind. um, And then they keep them with them in the gym. And then they're stunned when they go to push the bar and it's not there. I'm like, well, why are you thinking about work and your girlfriend and your dog and all this shit? Like if you need to be focused on them right now during this hour, then get the fuck out of the gym because your priorities are fucked up. You shouldn't be training. 
But if you can exit that part of your life for one hour and it'll still be there and everything will not implode, then leave it the fuck in the parking lot. And then that's why I think those systems help because they do allow you to turn that shit off and roll. But yeah, as far as the actual superstition, I have plenty of that as well. I think what you're talking (laughs) about too is uh, how to program yourself. You know, that's Mm -hmm. what it really is. You know, I, I feel like having gotten sick and then coming back to training, one of the first things I've needed to do is make sure I don't overdo it so that I have a bad experience. I want to make sure that most importantly, I have a good experience in training because I want to have an experience that I can continue to recreate and, yeah, and enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And enjoy. And I feel like there's been a bunch of those little things that I've noticed that are part of my programming and one of them comes down to pre-workouts. Like when I take something that has beta alanine in it and you get that like that tingle sensation, I get it on my neck mostly. I'll get that mm-hmm. tingle sensation 10, 15 minutes. I think it's like a, a Pavlov's dog thing for me where for sure. that's a physical sensation that I associate with being switched on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just part of it. It's And it's just like a, it's to me like this little cue where like I, you know, like you said, you leave behind that other stuff and now you're entering into what you're about to do. But I do, I had a pair of shoes. Here's my superstition. I had a pair of shoes. I hurt my back wearing them. They had nothing to do with like where I was sitting or anything like that. And then like a month later, I tweaked my back again and I decided like, no, it's the shoes. I'm never wearing those shoes again. There's something <laughs> wrong. With, I never wore those shoes to the gym again. Yeah, see, I back that, though. I, I definitely do. My only thing with clothing, um, it's not superstition or anything like that or lucky, is just I've. if you see me in a tank top in the gym, it's because I have to because I'm feeling. So Dusty does this sometimes. <laughs> He'll call right back. He knows the program. I was explaining to Tommy that sometimes you just re- leave. You leave. I just had to go. I had to, it was a quick piss and I'm back. Um, <laughs> no, but what I was saying is, um, so I just love to be completely drowning in clothes when I train. Yeah. I don't want to see anything. It's And it's not even about, like, I, I used to think it was somehow about the mirror and what I'm looking at. I'll be honest. I think I just like to be comfortable and just train. Huh. You know, like, I, I'm... Like people, oh, I got teased the other day because the guy I was training with actually had a big-ass baggy shirt on. And the guy put comment on my post yesterday. He goes, be careful. I think your training partner's shirt's bigger than yours. And I'm like, <laughs> these guys get it. So so on leg days, I like to wear 5XL shirts always. Um, they're just a little bigger. And I like that. I can breathe. I want to die in something that's super large. Yeah. What else we got? All right. Um, oh, you know what? This is this is a question of mine, actually. We'll continue on the non-bodybuilding theme. Beautiful. So I wanted to get your opinion and your insight, really. I'm thinking about I, – so every year I, I, I do um, I do New Year's resolutions. And I know that a lot of people are like, ah, fuck it. If you're not going to do it, you know, just make it part of your life, all that. But I try to set a few things and then I'm like, okay, these are things I want to achieve. And I have a bunch of stuff coming up this next year. I don't know if I want to put this one on the plate, but if not this year soon, I want to have a rental property. I want to purchase mm-hmm. something that I can invest money into. And I asked Dante his thoughts on investments and he said he thought that 
he was one of the people that kind of swayed me to think about this because he said that investing in property is a great way to make money. And I know this is something that you've had experience with. So I just kind of wanted to get some insight from you on this. Well, I'll, I mean, I'll start with what I consider the most basic thing, um, which is, and, and when I think of property, I think of land, buildings, houses, all of the above, um, within reason, and I understand water, so no one jump on my back, but there will not be more dirt before you die on this earth than there is right now that's available to purchase. So the more of it that you can own between now and death, the better. Because more people are coming around, more people are doing huh. things. Um, so the more properties you can own, the better. I mean, people want to rent. There's been periods in my life that I have rented the place I lived in and owned properties I didn't live in. I've owned properties I've never lived in. Um, as far as my personal opinion, and Dante does um, primarily, he owns like long-term rentals. Um, I've done that. Uh, I find, and I shouldn't, speaking more actually about uh, from experience of people who have done more of it than I have, you're, you are married to the person who rents your house. Yes. And that to me is can be really shitty or really good. I've been a renter before. I rented one lady's house uh, for four years and she never raised my prices even though the market climbed because I never called her and I paid my rent. Yeah. And I am obsessive. So the house was cleaned every week and the yard was done and all that shit. Um, but for every me, there's 15 complete assholes. Yeah. Um, so I, if I was going to do a one, like my very first purchase, I would pick a property in an area that would be great for an Airbnb short-term rentals. You're not married to the people. They're in and out. You make your money. You make a large amount of money in a small amount of time every time. Um, depending on where you purchase, you can literally have it rented for 70% of the year and turn a massive profit. That's what I was thinking. I was going that direction. Yeah. I mean, and that's... I just think it's awesome. And if you get a few of them, you can have a management company take care of it as well. Hmm. I mean, Tommy will tell you, I don't, I like to do things where my money can get involved and then I can get out. Yeah. Like, I don't want you calling me because your toilet's broken. I'd be like, why are you calling me? Yeah. I don't know how to fix it. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> but that's what, you know, like management Sign companies are for, you know? So it's, and it's, that's just my two cents and, the, and don't get me wrong, like huge money and the other options. But I think if you don't want to be married to it, that's another thing. Plus you can buy in the right area. You can buy a small place that's not going to kill you and, and just turn a massive profit. You know, I mean, I would love to buy all of South Scottsdale. Tommy knows that like you can make a killing on them and literally you probably could rent it out consistently nine months of the year yeah. even in this like places like that um where it gets so hot and people are like oh nobody wants to go there in the summer i'm like do you know how many big events they have in the summer people uh, still come like yeah. they're always coming there you know so again don't get me wrong a long-term rental is right now especially is a killer i just am always afraid of the downside of the the tenant which you can beat by having extremely high um you know, uh, points of entry for people. You oh, know? I mean, yeah. I, I do find, and 
nobody be offended that has this, but I do put a lot on a credit score with somebody. It tells me a lot about you. Now, I've had a bad credit score in my life at, at a time because of situations that happened out of my control, uh, co-signing on something for somebody who didn't pay. Um, but across the board, that's a pretty strong thing. So in my brain, it's kind of like now if you go rent an apartment, you guys, like, if you've got an 800 credit score, they don't want any money from you. Like, they literally are like, because they don't want to have to give it back. Hmm. They're not going to fuck up their house. You know what I mean? So I do, like, those things help if you do have, if you do a long-term rental. If somebody's got an 820 credit score, safe to say they're not going to ruin your house. Hmm. They have their shit together. You know what I mean? Because you, you know what they make in a year, and you see their credit score, and you see their criminal history, probably pretty safe. Probably, unless they bang a random horse. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> you Shit goes my... sideways once you do that. <laughs> Remember that guy from last week who was sick and he said, what do you do when you find out you're sick uh, or you end up getting sick and you're like a week out from your show? Yes. How did it go? He says, uh, Dusty, sick guy from your Q&A a week ago. He got third place in his first show. Thank you. Hell yes, man. I just saw that time, but he got sick six days out. I'm like, finish it. Just go. It might suck. Yeah. It might work for you. Just go. So thirty your first show. That's, that's if anything, you're gonna solid. be drier. Yeah, that's what I said too. <laughs> that's know? exactly what Scott said. He goes, Hell you <laughs> might die be better. <laughs> All right. How about uh any major benefits to having one full back day rather than uh splitting rows rose focused, lat focused days? You guys first. I think whatever works for you, um, this goes into the current theme of bodybuilding that Dusty and I talk about a lot day to day, Scott, I'm sure you, you've seen the trends. Like you see somebody with a big following on social media, start talking about how they're doing a certain thing. So we're back lap bias day and a thickness day. I had back days for three years where I did probably three to four movements total. That was my day. Yeah. It's still like that sometimes. Uh, I have a density day right now where I do legs and a couple pull movements and I have a pull day, but next week I could switch and just do all my back movements on one day and then six days later do it again. Um, so I think the key or what I'm trying to get at is do what works for you. Don't jump on a bandwagon just because you're seeing it, you know, become popular on social media. I've seen all these trends. I watch it all happen. I've watched it for over a decade. You guys have watched it for longer. Like there's no right answer to it. Um, if your back is something that needs to come up, you probably need to improve um, how you're executing the movements rather than add more days or add more movements. Um, that's just been when I need to bring something up, like with chest, it's all right. What movements actually work? What movements don't, don't do the ones that don't anymore and only focus on getting stronger and more efficient with the ones that do and less volume on a given day, but maybe more frequency. That's kind of been something I do, but it's hard for us to sit here and give you a blanket answer of like. Yes, you have to do lats one day and thickness the other day. And that's the only way to do it. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of my rant. We did that podcast together, me and you, Tommy, where we talked about what you just said about like getting better activation. Cause I feel like that's the, that's the key thing in somebody that 
you know, their physique is growing, but then they're, for some reason their chest isn't, but their shoulders look great. It might be, you know, the answer might not be like do more chest. It might be figure out what you're doing with your chest during those chest exercises. And I think, I think that's a huge valuable point. I'll tell you one thing I've been experimenting with, with a few people lately is, you know, like you said, there's the trends and I didn't say trend, it's trends, trends. (laughs) I always want to make sure I'm clear on this podcast. Trends always play a role, but go ahead. There's a... (laughs) There's the trends of doing like a much higher frequency, which I am a huge fan of. I love experimenting with higher frequency. And one of the reasons is, is because I had done low frequency for so long with limited results. But you get to a point where some of these guys who have been doing high frequency now for a while with me, we I've said like, hey, why don't we do an experiment and let's just go back to, you know, like the one time a week or one one body part a day split and and see what happens next and some of these guys are like having really good workouts it's it's giving them something fresh and different to do they're getting some soreness that they hadn't had in a while and you know what we'll probably go back to higher frequency again but you know we always talk about how what works you know what should we do next it's like well what were you doing that's such the key is like well you know this this is from Paige. so if Paige is trying to grow her back and she wants to change something like what is she doing now the answer might be the next step is to do something different than that right mm-hmm. yeah no, i agree 100 percent. i also think that there's something to be said for scott with what you just talked about that with that change you make um they're excited to go to the gym yeah it's different they haven't done it in a while um and it's this will be funny because it contradicts how i train um I don't. I haven't changed my routines terribly much. And granted, I've done different things, but within reason, I've been doing the same workouts for 15 years. Um, but I do tell people, like even my clients, they'll say, "Can I have a new program?" And I'm like, "What? Why?" Um, and we'll talk, and I'll say, "But if, but like we do not need one if you're continuing to progress. But if it will make it more fun, and yeah. you'll be more excited to train. Let's change it." Fuck yeah. it. Because there's something to be said for that. I had that um, at one point uh, where I was just having a hard time getting bodybuilding. It sounds crazy, but like I just wasn't really clicking on bodybuilding across the board. The training was always good, but I just wasn't in the mindset. I think because I was, I knew I was done competing and I hadn't committed to that in my mind. And I didn't have like that point to look at as the goal, the date. Like, okay. Even if it was two years from now, I always had a date for what I needed to do. So we started training twice a day. Every, what was it, five days a week we're training twice a day there for a while, Tommy. Um, I did that not because it was going to help me bodybuild, because it was going to make me structure my life around bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Because now I was super busy. We were driving to the gym twice a day. It's 30 minutes from my house. That's two hours in the car. We had to do that. I had my still full client roster, all these things. Then I decided, fuck it, I'm going to add cardio in also. I forced myself into bodybuilding again. And then as soon as bodybuilding clicked over and I was eating my food and everything felt normal again, I went back to normal. I just needed to find something to flip the switch because for whatever reason, I was having a bitch moment in life and I couldn't just do it in my brain. Yeah. You know, and just say, well, get it done because you're supposed to. The problem was at that stage of my career, supposed to for what? It was very simple when I had nationals and USAs and I wanted to 
see how good I could do as a pro. But once that was over, the, the, the direct why kind of disappeared. You know what I mean? So I had to find something that clicked it. So I do think that that plays a role in some of that success. You guys see, it's not just the tweak on the body, but it's exciting. I mean, we do that. We'll just switch the program a little bit just because it's like, okay, this is going to be brutal for a while. Like Tommy and I are on the same split right now and it's, I'm sore all the fucking time. And I love that. Like that makes me feel like I'm doing something, but I also know, okay, I can only do this for so long before it'll become, you know, detrimental. I think the big takeaway is that training is supposed to be fun. Like True. anybody that I'm close with, our time in the gym is the most fun thing we do in our lives. Right. You know what I mean? We don't go to all-inclusive resorts. We don't go on crazy extravagant trips. And Some people do, but that's just not my thing or anybody that I'm really close with. Their thing either. Like we love to train. We love to that experience of training. So, you know, the two a day training, it was funny cause we were posting about it and one side of the camp was like, Oh, we want to try that. And I would tell people like, this isn't going to get you better. This, this is just for fun. <laughs> and then the other <laughs> Don't side, do this. <laughs> the other side would tell us that, you know, all the things we were doing wrong, we're not recovering. Uh, the movements we were choosing weren't right, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, there was a method to the madness. I remember one day, it was a back day, because we split our back days up. Um, what was it, width in the morning and then thickness at night? Mm-hmm. So in the morning, we did bent over barbell rows, old school T-bar rows, load the bar up, put it in the corner, not even with the landmine, and then finish that workout, Five hours later, we came back to the gym and did deads from the floor and rack deads. Uh, all in one day, all in one 24-hour period. And we went heavy. Um, and the next day, him and I were texting. We're just like, damn, I'm sore. Are you sore? He's like, yeah. And I just, in my head, I thought right then, and I told him, I was like, nobody in the industry did what we did yesterday. No one did all four of those movements. <laughs> And I was, and that was really dumb. cool. <laughs> there's, and there's a reason. We, we, are, we are dumb. Don't ever do that. We are far dumber than the rest of, of these people. <laughs> but it is. It's. I think that the, you, you nail the Tommy. Is that's that's what gets lost. Is it's fun. You know. I mean, when you really love this, and uh, Scott, you'll laugh. But I think, and we've talked about this briefly. But um, with the with the uh, the near death experience, then just kind of taking a step back and looking at life in general. Uh, one thing I have found is that bodybuilding is really what I do. Like hmm. when I think about, um, so a lot of people, they get, they got the show, they got all these reasons that they do this. Um, I don't have a reason right now other than I want to. And even saying, like I had just said that, you know, I need to get my food back up and things like that it really shows when you just love the process because I'm back to as good as I ever was um, just by enjoying the process. Like there's not like a solid, like holy shit goal, you know, um, at this point. I, I'm now I've got one just because I want to see what I can do. But that's that was something I really realized after all that is like, 
this is what I will do forever. Maybe not to be big, but the bodybuilding side is just the natural thing. Like Tommy talked about trips and stuff. We're doing a trip uh, to go train with a friend, like four of us. We're going to go rent an Airbnb and film the whole thing because this is what we do. Yeah. And we're going to call that a vacation where we do exactly what we do every day <laughs> in a different place. <laughs> oh, well, that's our life. You know what I mean? But that is the fun. I mean, that change will make it exciting. We're going to go train somewhere else. We're bringing the video kid and having fun. I mean, that's that to me is the ultimate goal. Like, have fun every day. That's the dream. Yeah. All right. I'm looking around here. I think we got time for maybe two more here. So we should do like a bodybuilding question and maybe okay. something else. You you got anything, Dusty? Anything uh, good over there? Anything off topic that looks fun to you? I mean, I've got some way off topic. Yeah? We, <laughs> I mean, we got craziest girlfriend stories. Oh, wow. We've got... Uh... Oh, wow. Can we do a...
before even starting.